All right, episode nine, Juneteenth. Whew, let's go. Earn wakes up next to a bad beezy. He hits the J. Bad? All yeah, right, she was bad. Straight, re- reaching. You just like black women in general. I respect it. Thank you. Thank you. But me personally. That is a third. That is a third. My fucking. Black uh, <laughs> yeah, my bar is a little bit harder than that one. She was cute. She's all right. Do we want to talk about how. That ass cheek was Intergen- No, just oh. like the in, in, uh, mixed gender attraction and how it seems like. No, nah, we don't got to talk about all that. Never mind. Mixed gender attraction? Not mixed. I'm saying attraction of different. Not gender. I'm sorry. Woo. Never mind, bro. Pride month is out, I, man. I, Get I, it I in. I didn't Pride drink month that is much. Here, man. I didn't even drink that much. Hey. Hey. We got to get to it. Safe space. Let's get to it. Uh, Ern wakes up with another woman. He hits the J, gets a call, and he, he rushes out, uh, as he's prone to do, rushing out of a situation. That shit was irritating. The whole way he handled that shit, it was over the top. It was over the top, where he was like... She said, uh, "Are you coming back tonight?" Yeah. The way that the way that he was responding was just like, I wasn't here no. for it. I wasn't here for it because he was just like, "No." Huh. And then she said, "I forget what she says." She says, "Oh no." She said, "Are you coming back tonight?" He's like, "No." But and then he was like, "Thank you." It's like, bro, <laughs> was he talking like that because he wanted to come back but knew he wouldn't be able to because he was stuck with Van all day? So he's like, no, I want to, but I know I'm going to be stoked with Van for this thing. Man, that makes it feel a little bit better hearing yeah. because it was just awkward as fuck for no reason. Like, bro, you went there and knocked it down. Now you acting like you didn't know what you was getting into or something. I don't know, man. It was yeah. weird. Maybe it's something with them. He's a weird dude. The, the, every, the top main three male characters on the show are weird. I fuck with a certain <laughs> type of weird. Of course. Other types. Oh, I love them to death. Yeah. I fuck with Darius. I don't fuck with Ernie. <laughs> I, I love Danny Glover, man. But this character, I don't fuck oh, with Oh, you called him Danny. Bro, it's Donald. Donald, yeah. Now you said Danny Glover Danny earlier. Glover. I was like, why are you talking <laughs> about Danny, Danny Glover? Glover? But yeah, Danny Donald. Glover like yeah. Amadeus? <laughs> Like, why'd you bring Lethal Weapon for? They're the same. They're the same to me. I mix the names <laughs> up constantly. But yeah, I like the kid. But this character, and I say that because I want to no. separate the two. You know, I got nothing against. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the actual person, but this character, I cannot stand his ass. Oh, of course we're not. He's we're a not fucking mooch. The person with the character. Yeah. He's a fucking asshole, deadbeat dad. He just fucking lame. This dude's a lame. And he went to Princeton, and that comes into play in this episode, which I think is kind of a. This episode made me realize, like, oh, that's kind of an underrated detail in this show. Like, this kid just graduated from Princeton. That's that's interesting. I don't know that it is. For me, it wasn't because yeah, it was okay. like if it, it fits in the whole thing. He's got both his parents. They want him to do the right thing. They right there to support him to get be the most successful oh, motherfucker. Oh, it's just ever. another example of how he's just fucking off so much, yeah. so much resource, huh. so much resource. I mean. Yeah, this has nothing to do with conflating the real person, the character. The character they're developing is like, they're they're doing it for a reason. Like, no, for sure, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so Ern's with Van. They're in the car now. They're going somewhere uh, that we'll find out about shortly. Um, he's not really talking to her, so their relationship isn't really fucking nothing. Really I think happening. I don't think it has so much to do with the relationship as what the fuck he was doing in that moment. He had to pick him up from the jump off. Oof. From another woman's house, bro. Smelling like weed. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's bugging. 
So Van says, you know, Monique is really good for me. So we found out they're going to this person named Monique's house. And she's good for Van in some way. The Van thinks anyways. Um, they've arrived to the house. Incredibly nice. Um, very nice. Even the valet. Even the valet looks like 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 top top looks shelf. like a fucking plantation it does everyone everyone's black all the workers all the people there except for one person um happy juneteenth is on a on a sign as they walk in the door <laughs> for those some may be unfamiliar with what even okay. fucking juneteenth is a lot of people i found i grew up in south central so i found out what juneteenth was at an early age i went to a private school yeah. from fourth to eighth grade and they were pretty good about educating us about our history beyond what you read in a lot of American books or whatever. Right. But uh, yeah, Juneteenth is June 19th. The date is actually a little bit disputed of what the actual date is. And so when it first started, it was for a whole week, mm-hmm. the celebration. But what it's basically celebrating is the soldiers going into Galveston, Texas and reading to the, well, one of the final plantations that they had been freed, which was, I believe, years prior <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to this. The Emancipation Proclamation was years prior to this, but they actually had to have soldiers go into to plantations and be like, all right, bro, y'all got to knock this shit the fuck off. And so people were still being enslaved after that. And so that's what the Juneteenth is, is the actual emancipation of slaves. And then, you know, you start getting into it. There still were pockets. Yeah. That were doing it, you know, like you know, America. but it's that federal use of soldiers that was yeah. like so significant, and the proc, and then yeah. it's like uh, the reading from the general to that plantation or whatever is kind of the celebration yeah. of that, and so that's Juneteenth. It's like when, man, it makes me like some of the parallels to that throughout history. Beyond that, it's like you know the racist white cops that were forced to protect the black students, the first black students walking into that school for integration. Or, yeah, yeah, like that type of. When, when the police and the military now has to follow orders and kind of step in on these kind of social yeah, and then every step, every step of integration, there has had to be that you know whether it was the mm-hmm. army or or the local police department or the national guard, they've always had to be some be somewhere to protect folks as they were creating these initial yeah. integrations, whether it be schooling, restaurants, yeah, all of that. And at the end of the day, <laughs> since I since I already got on the cop apology tour earlier, oh, no. cops are <laughs> like happening? cops are like soldiers. In that end of the day, they're just carrying out orders. Now, granted, obviously, people go rogue; they do illegal shit, they do wild, horrible shit, of course. But like these are people carrying out orders. So since we're going that route, yeah, then we gotta break down this other aspect that very few people seem to be aware of is actually the police was created not as policia which is police in other countries they were created as the slave patrol hmm. and the uh uh unfortunately I, I i forget the the terminology that was used but basically mm-hmm. the uh the hunter of natives you know and protecting hmm. the settlers as they were pushing further west right protecting them from the uh, natives whose land they were stealing. And so that's it, how they were actually created. Like literal police departments, the oldest police departments, like the St. Louis Police Department, uh, the North Carolina Police Department. These were, that the North Carolina was the slave 
a slave patrol and the St. Louis was the uh, native uh, colonial uh I, for, I forget that term that that it, you can google all these yeah. terminologies and, and i highly recommend looking into it because it gives us all a better understanding of what we're dealing with and what needs to happen you know because we need pr- people to protect and serve us mm-hmm. but the systems that are in place aren't necessarily made to do that they just put that slogan on what they're mm-hmm. made to do is protect capital you know and, and protect mm-hmm. those with with the most capital pr- particularly you know and so we all have a little bit of capital but they're not meant to protect everyone with capital they're meant to protect those with the most capital from those with the least from getting it and so that's not what we really want as, as a society you know so p- people they're like oh i love the police i love the police <laughs> but they don't necessarily understand what that means what they love is a system of protection and who doesn't love that you know what i mean we all love that i guess what i'm getting at is like it's kind of an optimistic spin on on the potential of police like and and tying that directly into soldiers and that like look man as long as we have like the right leadership the, the way the system works is that they're just meant to follow orders and so if they're given the right orders you know in this case you know juneteenth or protecting students going into a school black students going into a white segregated school for the first time like that is the like ideal of an officer and a soldier you know what i mean like that's i guess all i'm I'm getting at is like i like to think of the the ideal of that role and like and and how much and how the weight really just falls on to the decision maker so then you start talking about ideals and it becomes of whose ideal of course no and so then yeah that is your ideal but Gotcha. When you start talking about the people who are creating these forces, what's their ideal? And that's where we right. get into the discrepancy. Of course. And of so course. then it's yeah. like, who's who's in charge of them? The politicians. Who puts the politicians in charge? And that's where the focus needs to lie. Who's putting these politicians in charge? It just all comes back to the money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It comes. No, I mean, kind of in a sense. But what I was actually thinking was power to the people, okay. you know, and so it comes down to the people. And so why are and then you get to into why are people putting these type of people in charge? But if you just look at this, the winner is always the one who spends the most like pretty much down the board that's you a know? great point no it's that's like, a great point even in a free democracy that's still what that's happens. a great point but th- yeah. i mean these two points align yeah and so you know what i was saying was uh who's putting these people in charge is it's the people why are these people putting them in charge and then it comes to that point that you're making is because people are putting in these millions of dollars right. to convince that large populace to, to do and to think a certain way, not just to do a certain thing, but to think a certain way, man, because have I not seen so many of these people regurgitate these ideals that have been paid yeah. to be placed into their head, man. It's, it's intense. Yeah. yeah. Makes me think of Citizens United and how yes, important of, exactly. a, of, of, a, of, a, of a thing that is that frankly doesn't get talked about much these days. Um, because you get into this bump in your head against the wall what are you gonna do you could keep saying that we need to take right. the money out of politics but how do but you then do it, it but then even if it is out in the open we we let's say we get rid of that and make make shit clean across the board in terms of donations and all that caps like it's still gonna be under the table money that's fucking mm. funny things like mm. you can't really stop that i don't know it comes to an ideal they know the people the people who are winning they know how to do it and they've been doing it right and it comes down to schooling. <laughs> right. 
getting in charge of the schooling and they've been in charge of the schooling. And so what really needs to happen is people got to fight to try to get back in charge of schools. And, and, and look at where we've come to a head with the book banning and shit. Like it's, it's just, it's, it shit is so out in the open. Like it's in some ways, like it's never been in our lives right now. Yeah. In terms of the, the repression. Of, of I wonder if messages. that's just the age thing though. Just because we're older now, it's out in the for open sure. that we see it. Because when you're younger, sure, you just don't sure. fucking see it. No, it does feel like Juneteenth, in terms of the public narrative and education, really kind of became more broad during George Floyd and yeah. during those protests. And, Agreed. And also the um, it's the, the Tulsa, Tulsa bombings, right? Is it Tulsa? I'm sorry, I should know that. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those two historical moments in particular really i think receive this kind of educational and cultural cultural boost during george floyd oh there was something that happened in tulsa recently you're talking about i'm talking about in the in the 1920 with black wall street you know yeah, yeah 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 okay i mean they had the show the watchman that, that was also on hbo that i never caught that but I, me I've been neither man to. i don't know why that show's probably i've been sick. mean to yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so, happy Juneteenth. They're celebrating Juneteenth at this big-ass plantation house, basically. This episode going to drop on Juneteenth. Oh, maybe not. Oh, well, it could. That, yeah. It's possible. At, at my rate of editing. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's two, <laughs> two weeks away, so no, it it's your rate of editing. It definitely will. It'll be Juneteenth next year. We'll promate Hey, no, hey, no. <laughs> if, the, if the people could message Corey and tell him I'm to just, put together I'm a reel or two... <laughs> I'm just following <laughs> your hey. All right, so uh, uh, Monique's husband is a white man. You know, he's not like he's not super corny, not super cool. He's kind of like a little bit of both, um, which is I think is relevant. He's uh, pretty fucking corny. Okay, go ahead. But you know, there's there, he's not just straight up bow tie. I don't know. Anyways, um, it's more it's it's away from the corny to fucking mad awkward. Awkward and manipulative, Mad awkward. And underlying. I don't, I don't catch manipulative. manipulative. All right. I call it awkward as fuck because he, it's he, a, a ble- and I know motherfuckers like this. I know motherfuckers like you know. I know motherfuckers like yeah, this yeah. because they mean so well. They yeah. just mean well that that's what makes it awkward because they don't they don't got no negativity at all. Right. But it's just this big ass fucking blind spot. And there's this really cool. At the very end of the episode, how the way that Ern kind of phrases his response yeah. to it is really, really yeah, he well touches done. It. He breaks it down. And look, man, obviously, I like I've t- I told you before this, when we got a drink, like, I'm like, oh shit, is this me? You're too young. You're still For young, sure. so you're good. But there's also just like, a, there's also this other difference of like, and look, man, I don't want to sit here talking about myself and who I think I am, but like, uh, we could save it. <laughs> <laughs> we could save it. I'm just not going to start throwing up. No, no, no. no It'll come out. It'll come. All out. right, all right. Um, it's just that whole concept of cool, right? Is what it comes down to, and like, it's like just. I didn't feel he was trying to be cool though. No, he didn't. But I'm saying like, okay. there's levels to it. So let's say like you're a cooler type individual. People might pop in your head like white dudes that really fuck with it or smart that might kind of su- support or speak on or like just kind of behave in certain ways like. You know that is an allied way, or I don't even know how you want to phrase it. But like, I don't know, man. It's like I feel like there's this guy, but just a more a, a cooler and better and more like, uh, uh bene- not beneficial, but just like more like comfortable way to be that type of person. 
less preachy. He was preachy as yes. fuck. Yes. Well, that's and a so big that part. was a thing. So it's like if you're just living it, you just living it. Right. But if you're like, and then and you know you're just trying to touch down on all the articles and and tell right. motherfuckers about their whole shit. You need to you, go ahead. I don't ahead. know, man. We'll but like there. when he was talking about the painting and like how he painted this thing based off of a, a Malcolm X speech, I was like, oh fuck, I could kind of see myself doing. <laughs> Like the fuck, man. Like I just, I don't want any of that corniness in my the life. The reason why it was corny though, <laughs> yeah, is yeah. because how he's presenting it. You know, it's one thing to yeah. do it; it's another thing to do it and then, yeah, 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 yeah flex yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Good. This is. I'm. I'm gonna be taking uh, notes myself <laughs> in this. I'm not to be. Uh, <laughs> let's keep going. So uh, he thinks his name is Craig. He thinks he asked Ern if if he's a member. Uh, of the country club uh, that, that he's at. Like, Oblivious. oh, I recognize you. I recognize you. Oblivious. To me, I was like, bro, you know damn well. Because look, a stereotype of country clubs is that they don't, there's there's very few black members in country clubs in general. It's kind of a race institution like most country oh, clubs. Oh, definitely. Yeah, like, you know. I know first And that ties in with golf and yeah, golf culture. Golf it's period. like this yeah, white exactly. racist privileged club. Exactly. So I was like, that, like talk about cap. Like, you're fucking... You know damn well that you're not so. confused. I okay. think there's that one black dude, and he looks like fucking Earn. Okay, <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Hey, and we and we because there is a black dude there. There is a fucking black dude at the country club, and gotcha. I can see him looking like fucking Earn. Got you. And 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 that gets in this Princeton Ivy League thing. That's that's the reason why that Monique even basically invited them to the house because she she. Think, or thinks of Van's husband, not her husband, but thinks of his husband, uh, is an Ivy League guy. Like, that's kind of like the initiation to being allowed into the house. Yeah. That Ivy League thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, oh, man. I didn't even think about this till just this fucking second, but the dynamic of how the fucking husband is mad fucking accepting and the wife is the one who's the fucking oppressor and mad fucking judgmental because she she got her foot into this door in this lifestyle and she's not letting any motherfucker else in. I'm not it. trying to have none of that nigger shit in here, bro. I didn't even think about that all the way that fully, fully that full fucking thought until but just we this all, fucking second. But that's such a common way to act. Like if like let's say you get like you get into just this crew or this like job situation. Like anytime a new person comes in, you're like hell no. Like I'm not letting you get in on, on my shit. Like I'm the most recent new person here. Like I'm not not, not letting the, the the new new person in it's here. It's different though. It's okay. different. It's fucking. It's the ex gangbanger, who's now working corporate, and then he don't want to. Ha- he don't want to have no associations <laughs> with fucking uh, gang culture okay. type shit. That's yeah. what she's on. She's like, yeah, I'm fucking from the hood, but I don't. I'm I'm refined. Yeah. And so don't be bringing nothing Ooh. that ain't unrefined, making me look less refined around here. And by the way, we don't know Monique's kind of true thoughts yet. And sure. And they come out. Um, yeah. So, so we're not quite sure who she is yet at this point. Um, uh, so I that's pretty fucking sure off the jump, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, from experience, right, you know. Right, right. Um, that, that's funny. So the note I wrote down next to when he thinks Ernst from the country club is that he's just faking in front. But I, I like I like that you thought that, that, that he wasn't necessarily... Um, Ern says to says to Craig, he says, "You must be confusing me with some other black guy." And Craig says, uh, "You don't think I'm capable of telling African Americans apart?" And that's what drives home that other point of he's 
He's not just making up a fucking dude. He's like, no, I, I saw someone and it was fucking you. So he really thinks he does that he recognize fucking him saw from him. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, yeah, that's the key yeah. component. That's, that's the other component. It's like, right. so he's not just making up some fucking right. black dude and, and making some up. He's like, no, I seen you somewhere. I think I saw you at the fucking country club. Bro, that's the most like contentious back and forth though. Like calm, like you must be confused with me. Some other black guy. Oh, you don't think I'm capable of telling tell African-Americans apart? Like, I felt that I'm like, whoo, there's like undertones of like, what motherfucker? Like, you know, on both because sides. Because fucking on both Earn sides. is being mad fucking prejudice. <laughs> yeah. And then this guy's like, nah, bro, I didn't done the education. I didn't fucking, right. I didn't, so you need to know that, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys. It was and like the one moment of sympathy I have for Craig. It was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he was in the right there and Earn, right. Earn was fucking, he was being prejudiced. Yeah, that's a whew, I, I, that, that that that's a heavy quick back and forth out there. Um <laughs> Craig does a handshake with her. That she was wild. Do you remember that? No. Should we pull it up on the video right Do now? Do it. Alright. <laughs> now you first of all, you tell me if man, we're stepping up the production value. We got the office, we got I got a fucking basic. Alright, you go do that, I'll set this up. Yeah. Look look at the handshake. <laughs> <laughs> that handshake is wild like did he do it at first I was like oh that's a garbage handshake <laughs> did, did he hit it did he hit it okay that shows how white I am I couldn't even tell if he hit the handshake no worry <laughs> so then we go to uh, Ern goes to get a drink for Van you know obviously they want a drink like they're feeling mad fucking uncomfortable Tense. and out of place Tense. so we are going to go through the juneteenth cocktail list we have juneteenth juice which is rum mango and carrot juice makes no fucking sense juneteenth is about red it needs some kind of red in there but all right carrot juice yeah frozen freedom margarita <laughs> frozen freedom interesting choice of words there that's tequila triple sec and blood lime we have emancipation eggnog made with free-range chicken <laughs> eggs. <laughs> you want to read any of these? Or should you? No, you're doing great. Right, you're right. doing fucking amazing. We have the uh, Plantation Master Poison, which is what Earn orders. That is vodka, triple sec, and bitter lemon soda. I guess like that bitter lemon, like the lemonade on, on the plantation porch or something Sounds like that. fucking disgusting. Yeah. Abolition and absinthe <laughs> served with unbleached sugar cube. Unbleached. Fascinating. Underground rum road, bro. <laughs> Gin, OJ, and bitters. That sounds fucking gross. Some bitterness there. All of these fucking drinks sound pretty fucking uh -huh. disgusting. Which one are you getting? Or no, the well, we last, one one. last one. 40 acres in a Moscow mule. Okay, that's just, that's just, that's good. That's a good name. <laughs> Blood lime juice, vodka, and cola champagne? Can you read that? You're closer. No, it says cola champagne. K-O-L-A. I don't even know what cola champagne is. Uh, I don't either. What am I ordering? What I'm getting? I'm dying to try that carrot juice. I'm going Juneteenth juice. You're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> I mean, the frozen freedom margarita. 40 acres in a mule. That's pretty funny. All right. Ern orders the plantation master poison. Monique 
is back with Van talking. Uh, she mentions, mentions Princeton, like I said. Um, she wants her servers to smile. That whole... She's a fucking oppressor, bro. Yeah. She's weird. Like we mentioned, everyone that works for them is black. Uh, Monique. So this we're getting a lot of heavy quoting here. So it's actually... I don't know if this is going to go by quick or long, but I wrote down a lot of quotes because there's a lot of dialogue that kind of hits right here that's, that's important, I think. Um, Monique says, you remind me of me. She says this to Van. Um, I'm going to make sure you get everything you want. So she's coming at that angle. Just, I'm your savior, basically. And look, man... That 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 dynamic can transcend race for sure. Like a lot of times, you might meet that rich person that says they're gonna help you out. It's like you're like, oh my god, this is incredible, and you do kind of like you know, bend the knee, however you gonna put it. You're like, okay, I'm gonna do what this person wants. Like they're gonna help change my life. Uh It's the fast track to wealth, basically. That fast track in capitalism that is like, you know, let's be honest, it's a much easier path than. Working your way to the top, that's for sure. Is it, though? Well, you're going to get... In the grand th- scheme? There's always going to be some downsides to anybody that's trying to help you, quote-unquote, in that situation. It's going to want something up, from you. It often ends up not being the easier route in, in the long run. Fair enough. That's a, smart, that's a smart way to look at it. You're right. You're right. There's too much to go on on that. <laughs> um... Fancy Ivy League husband. So, yeah, again, just Monique's, Monique said on this Ivy League thing. And, I, I, look, I'll just, I know I've said it a couple times, but I'm telling you, man, that Ivy League is just a pass into so many doors in this country. Like, that's yeah, literally sure. all people look that's for. That's what it was created for, yeah. really. You know what I mean? Right. People were graduating from these schools at, like, fucking 13, fucking 12 right. and shit. It was just a fucking thing to say you're in the thing. And now it's, like, it's actually got accreditations and actual schooling and things. And people who graduate from... These schools often do have a certain level of acumen in in certain fields and so forth. But the original nature of these things was really just to set certain people in a, in a it was the American the version of American caste system, you know, right. like they have in India and whatnot to be like, oh, you deserve X, Y and Z. But a lot of us, you know, and I do I'm going to put myself in this group like it's like. Part of our motive to get into a good school, like I went to a UC school and we're kind of always taught like, you know, those are the elite schools in California. They're better than the state schools, right? You get into a UC, it's like the Ivy League of the West Coast. Um, the UC is like, they sort of told us this in class, like UC is what produces like, you know, your your owners of companies and state schools produce like your managers. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was, I, it's just a flaw in our ego or whatever. That was part of the appeal for me, like. Okay, I want to be separated. I want to be elite. I want to be, you know, this, that. What actually makes me feel better is I've never, if rarely, ever used it in that way in my real life after that. I've always just internalized it. Because I look at the people like, a lot of people who do go to Ivy Leagues are successful. Like, they're embarrassed to talk about it. Like, don't use that as a thing. Don't put that on your Twitter bio. Whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. don't make your identity like the school you went to. If you went to a kind of a nice school, Uh like, that's that's, that's clownish. Like, you got to your actions got to speak for themselves. You can't just rely on the school that you went to. So yeah. I kind of made that, I made the decision right after I graduated. And I mean, I'm glad I did. I don't know if like, but it does feel like if you rely on these like schools you went to, like in circles or interviews or whatever, like, you know, I'm different. I'm a lead. I went here. Like that shit works. <laughs> when, yeah. When, and, like it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's fascinating. That's how the system's set up. No, I had, I had, well, here's the thing too. Like the classes I the chose at UCSB, I always looked to see who has taught at an Ivy League or who has their doctor from an Ivy mm. League. And I would kind of 
pick and choose based off of that. And it was kind of beneficial. Like I'd meet meet people that like me that like then again, I say it was beneficial. I haven't really capitalized off any of that. Um, but I guess what last thing I'll say on that is like one of the professors that taught at Harvard, he would he would say like there's no difference between you guys and Harvard students. So you're talking about like having different acumen and skills going to these schools, like yes, for sure, but in a sense, but also like Harvard isn't like harder than Chico State in some respects. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't think so? I think if you talk to some professors that have taught there and other schools, that that they'll they'll tell you that. The hard part is getting in. It's getting in that's the hard part. Uh-huh. The actual education you get while you're there, like there's good educations across all sorts of co- universities and colleges. Oh, sure, even junior yeah. colleges. Right. Yeah, for exactly. Sure. Exactly. Thanks for listening to the TBA podcast presented by the All Sweet Collection Podcast Network. Go to Instagram at All Sweet Collection. That's A H L S W E D E Collection to see everything that Corey and myself do with the pod. TBA comes out on Sundays. On Tuesdays, we have The Great 28, which is a list of the greatest rap albums ever. Wednesdays, we do sports. Thursdays is the Self-Poor Podcast, where we highlight local successful entrepreneurs. Friday is Living Directors, where we get into movies and TV. So go to at All Sweet Collection on Instagram. All right, we're back to Craig. Um, he has... He's, I get he has pics with like a black fraternity. He's like a black black fraternity brothers. Did you notice that? I forgot, but I yeah, that was pretty funny. It's a thing. No, that's a thing. Is it really okay? Yeah, there's there's white folks at uh, HBCUs, historically black colleges, and they huh. and they pledge they pledge for the sororities and and fraternities for sure. That's very interesting. So obviously they're going to be the minority. They'll be like right. one in in the whole frat or or whatnot. But I'm surprised there hasn't been there. like a popular doc made on made on that. I mean, yeah. Um, nobody can give you freedom. All right, so this is a quote. Nobody can give you freedom. Nobody can give you equality or justice or anything. If you're a man, you take it. Uh, this is a Malcolm X quote that Craig is reciting. Which isn't true, but... Right. So we, you can check out the uh, episode we did on, on X, directed by Spike Lee. There's a painting of Craig's based off of this quote. So he says, and Craig says, it accurately depicts the plight of the contemporary black man. That fucking picture was weird as fuck. So this white dude making this painting talking about the contemporary plight of the black man. That's now we're kind of getting into territory where it's like you do need to experience it. So this is what I kind of want to talk to you about because I just reviewed um, To Pimp a Butterfly. Uh, you can check out Grade 28 every Tuesday, Instagram. And I noticed part of, like, as I was reviewing it, I'm basically kind of saying similar things. Like, oh, this is a re- representation of black this or black that. Or this speaks to black this or black that. And it's like, uh, now we're getting into a, a, a world where it can be problematic, maybe. Anything jumped your head on that? No, you already said it. You know, you okay. just can't speak to it unless you actually live it. So, so then, so what about this difference between there's there's study and scholarship, right? There's you know just your observation, and then there's experience. 
And like, those are separate things. Like you could study up on something, get a doctorate in it or whatever. And if you don't experience it, then there's just a disconnect there. But at the same time, you can become very wise on that topic by studying it. Beyond beyond yeah so like i'm and that's what i was trying to wrestle with like i'm no i have no doctor or nothing but like the uh key word here that keeps popping to the front forefront of me is this idea of contemporary now that is something that only the experiencee can speak to is hmm. is, is what's currently happening but we have and contemporary authors that we can study right we can study them but as far as being like this is their experience Right is a, is you know you have to experience it contemporarily in order to really understand that you know so once it's happened then we can go back and look and say oh this is what this was and people who didn't even live it if they you know go far enough with their with their studies they can have a better understanding in some regards that and that's paramount in some regards than folks who actually experienced it but then. You know, experiencing something gives you an understanding that you can't gain any other way, you know. And so it's, it's dynamic like that. But I guess, but when we're studying something, we're studying someone else's experience. Yes. So then in that sense, like, no, you haven't experienced, but you're kind of relaying the message from the person who has. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's. It's such a fascinating. It just really gets the my mind. The key racing. component, though, is like it's just this thing about doing shit, and so like you yeah. can read all the books in the world about music composition, mm-hmm. but until you start hitting them fucking keys, it's not the same. And then so it's like once you start, hmm. the person that can actually read the music theory and then get the experience of playing. That's the one that's gonna have the most vast and and right. in depth in their understanding, and so that's what it comes down to. Like, yeah, a person who who can experience it but can study it, versus a person who can experience it and study it. That person who can experience and study is gonna usually have an right. advantage in, in some regards. I think I guess what it comes down to is just say like you know if a white person wants to talk about the experiences of black America, mm-hmm. you essentially just have to cite your sources. Like I read sure. this from Tanahasi Coates. Yeah. Like, and, and I guess that's just the necessary kind of missing thing. You can't just say like, this is the, you know, the plight of the black man in modern America as yeah. a white person. You'd have, you have to, to specific lines, cite your sources. Yeah. Which, um, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very nuanced, but important thing, honestly. And, th- and that is kind of a, I mean, frankly, this is kind of like the position I'm in. I feel that I'm in it in a sense, right? If like speaking about all these, all these issues is like, I don't know. Am I am am I just asking questions? No, I'm. A, I also have opinions and points too. Um, it's yeah, just man, it's, it's just task. different. It's a it's tall task different. for if you're being in your position to right. speak on it and everything. You got, <laughs> you got all this shit because it's like you say, oh yeah, this is my perception. And then to really make it valid, then you got to cite your sources and be like, because of these experiences and what I learned from this scholar type shit. Right. But and really, 
it's like that for me too though you know i'm black but i'm still you know i gotta cite my sources and if i'm really trying to speak on some shit of right. any authority like i'm having difficulty really actually bringing up a, a precise example but it's like i can't just be throwing shit out there just yeah. oh i'm black and right. and i hate when people fucking do that shit fucking the conservatives do that shit like a uh, uh, conservative black folks like to be like i'm black and i think black folks need to stop with all the black on black crime right. type shit it's like yeah you black but that don't mean that don't yeah. mean you ain't dumb as fuck type shit i guess the, yeah the ultimate only real difference is you know you yeah you can speak on something from experience or you can tell somebody about an experience that you studied like <laughs> those are two different things yeah um and it just comes down to the fact of speaking from personal experience is always going to outweigh right. regurgitating someone else's experiences right. or relaying someone else's experiences. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just to, to close on this, uh, you know, when, when I was doing To Pimp a Butterfly, it, you know, the, kind of the things that came to me were like, you know, Maya Angelou and the Caged Bird or Langston Hughes and A Dream Deferred or Tupac and The Rose Grew From Concrete. And I was basically saying like, I feel like these things all kind of tie into what Kendrick is doing on To Pimp a Butterfly. Mm. And then, but the problem is like, if I close that with like, this is the modern kind of black experience, like there's just got to be specific with the, the points I'm giving, I guess, on, on that. Yeah, I would just avoid that shit altogether, you know, as far as like when you start talking about what's happening right now yeah for a whole nother race of people you know what i mean i wouldn't i would never try to be like this is what's happening for white people well no that's great advice because that that was my my instinct was to say things like that like yeah nigga, that's fucking stupid of me to say yeah i wouldn't go that well, be so harsh with the language but you know it's just not i don't mean greatest, harshly i'm saying not like the that, grace is not the greatest idea it's just not uh it's a genuine learning that right there is kind of a genuine uh, learning moment sure yeah yeah um, I'll leave that post up, flaws and all. Sure. Hey, you ain't perfect. Um, yeah. uh, Craig says to Earn, he says, it's nice a brother on the business side of music. Earn tells him he's like Paperboy's manager. So fucking awkward. That, 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 that's, a little, that's a little undercutting. And, it's a good point, though. So it's just awkward. It's just yeah. awkward as fuck. Because like, yeah, you do want black folks... It's that thing that I was talking about where I know these cats. I know yeah. cats just like fucking that. What, what, what do you think about white people saying brother? Brother? <laughs> yeah. Or, or with the name. What did they is. say brother? Is My brother. It's even worse sometimes when they put the A on it. <laughs> really? Because be, it'd be like a hard A. It's like the hard E-R. They got the hard A. Like, brother. <laughs> like, damn, right? You, but you said it depends who it is. down. Though. You need to calm down. You said it depends who it is, though? It definitely depends on who it is. Yeah. It's all rapport. It's all rapport. Right. If I don't got no rapport with you, and then your your presentation is a certain way, right? yeah, I'm not trying to hear that shit. <laughs> Craig continues to talk about kind of that allied talk, right? Like, you know, um, black artists are used um, as products for white American consumption and appropriation. Um a lot of truth to that. I mean, that's what a lot of what hip hop is when we get to the, the macro side of it. Yeah, he's right. He's not yeah. wrong. Is this Hennessy? Ern says. Uh-huh. <laughs> Two hours ago, I asked you if you wanted to go get some Hennessy at the bar. He says, where are your ancestors from? Kind of a loaded question in a way. 
Would you agree? Is that a loaded question? It's that a it's that blind spot again. It's that yeah. ally blind spot shit. That's like ally blind spots. That's the name of this part. It's like fucking. What color underwear are you fucking wearing? It ain't none of your fucking business, my nigga. What the fuck are you talking about? Hey, I like to ask, I mean, myself for podcast, the whole first section is that question, you know, like where are your ancestors what from? What color underwear are you wearing? No, oh, what, where are your ancestors from? God damn. That's, a, that's, a, that's the next question. It's personal part. and the poor. But I mean, right. I, um, you know, I that's a question I personally like. I, 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 I like kind of starting like. Let's go back, you know, like kind of to, to the beginning of the story. What 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 writes your narrative? It's a beautiful question. Yeah. Uh, if if you disregard the context, right. And so it's like me being German, you being Italian. We're like, oh, where are your ancestors from? Right. Great question. When you see a black person in America. And you ask them where their ancestors from, it's such a fucking oblivious fucking question. Right. It becomes damn near violent. It's like, bruh, I know, where the fuck yeah. you been? Where the fuck where yeah. the fuck you and then you know, it gets compounded with this whole allyship shit. This is why the ally shit be so fucking sour. Because it's like you could tell me who played fucking trumpet on this old fucking jazz song or some shit like that and you could tell me all of this different shit all the tribe you could tell me the tribes that come from uh kenya or whatever you know all this mm-hmm. different just so ch- pinpoint information and intelligence but your dumb ass is not understanding that i'm a fucking mm-hmm. Black person in America, which means I'm likely a victim of uh, racist poverty, race, racist based poverty. You know, I mean, I'm poor because I come from a lineage of people who were uh, subjugated by the government. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, legally subjugated type shit. And you're asking that person where they come from. Yeah. So it's like, you know, where all these tribes and shit come from, but you don't know that most black people right. in America don't have access to that information because of X, Y, and Z and because of, you know, the facts of racism and, and slavery. Well, I would argue that he does know, and that gets in this kind of sinister mm. undertone of this kind of person, this Craig, like maybe they're actually the most fucked up kind of person. I don't think that's the case. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just that's a possibility. taking a left turn. Everything's a Because if you're going to ask questions like that, like you damn well know. Like you have this now, like exactly. I don't what you just think said. so, though. Okay, okay. It's yeah. this weird dichotomy. It's this weird juxtaposition of understandings and shit, and it be, and it comes back to this ally oblivion type shit. So it's like, like I said, I know these type of people, and I don't see them as sinister. You know, I don't think it's a sinister sure. type thing, but they do these things that are so fucking nailed on the chalkboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a blind spot. It's just a blind spot, and it's like he knows this, this, and that, but he just didn't think about that whole aspect of like slavery creates and. When you say that, it's making it harder to prove my, my point now that you know sure. that you say that because it's like, how do you not fucking know that shit? I don't fucking know. Well, I, I, but I, these people I, don't be knowing that shit. Yeah. I wish I could remember when I first heard this, but like that link between like not knowing your lineage and how that connects with this like deep seated trauma, like oh, the fact that you yeah. don't. You can't trace oh, back yeah. to where you came from. Yeah, a tree like, without this kind roots. of ghostness. Yeah, tree without roots. Like, whoo! I mean, that it, that that's one of the most kind of powerful, like, kind of pieces of knowledge that that I've gained. 
um, on kind of race in America is like that just hit like, God damn. And I mean, that's that knowledge that you should have and know to prevent you from asking a question like that. But man, you start talking about that. That's why the ghettos are the way that they are. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's really kind of simple to understand how things are the way they are and to fix them. Mm -hmm. If you really get into it and you really got an open mind and look into the actual facts. But for some reason, that's become very fucking difficult for most people, man. It's wild. But mm-hmm. like, you just start, to, you just look at it. It's like there was slavery. People were stolen from a country, then they were brought here, they were killed for, for following their language. And then when slavery was finally emancipated, they created other laws to uh, put people in jail and use those people as slave labor. And it's like, then you start talking right. about how ghettos were created and why they still exist. You know, and it's like, for me, that's basic. It's really basic and simple to right. see the whole picture, to be like slavery, uh, black laws, uh, Jim Crow, uh, migration, right. the great migration to the, to the major cities where there were uh, manufacturing ports and, and all that. That's where all the emancipated slaves went. And then they shipped those jobs all that manufacturing jobs over to other countries and created all these different laws to where now there's more back black people in prison than were ever enslaved and yeah. people who are in prison can be used for for slave you know and it, for me that's a, a straight line right e- easy to see how we are where we are and why people who are in the ghettos do certain behavior not because they're black but because of certain laws and in history I mean, you are an educated person, though, too. I mean, it's it's in order for those that to be a straight line, and it involves a good amount of education at the same time. Self education. Uh, no, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. You know, it's funny though because I'm I'm poorly educated <laughs> by uh, scholastic standards. Right. You know, I dropped out of dropped out of high school. Right. And that ended up being a beneficiary because I wasn't indoctrinated with, you know, the American scholastic right. situation. And yeah. I was able to create my own understanding without that that back part. And so that I'll cap that point with, you know, that's why that straight line is so hard to see is because the people who do go to school for beyond the 12 for the you know the the twenty years or or whatever, and they're just constantly fed that that conditioning. But I mean, there are like you know, um, I'm blanking on the the degrees like like not Black History degrees, but like Black Studies stuff. Like no, that. I know what you're talking about. African-American yeah, yeah, studies. definitely, definitely. So like there are avenues, which by the way, Florida's like getting rid of. Yeah, now. yeah. Like, <laughs> and all of them, even way before that, you yeah. know, just 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 simple math books and shit like that. It's crazy. Man, it's man. crazy. Florida and all the conservatives are basically being like, no, no, no. We want to keep the how things, things the have were. been going yeah, in America. We liked how shit was. Make America great again. Like, it's all the same. It's like, keep 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 the shit old how it was. I mean, you, you'll, inter- you'll see interviews with some. It's anecdotal, but like, you'll see interviews with some older older white folk conservatives like, yeah, I want things to go back to how things were For before sure. civil rights. There's a, there's, a, there's a scary percentage of the population. Probably as many black folks as there are in the country, there's as many of those folks. You know, there's like 14% of right. the country is black. Ooh, At least 14% point, of the country is on that shit. Wow, very good point. And so, I mean, that kind of that alludes to the importance of allies, too, though. 
Yeah. Like the, that middle section oh, yeah. of the allies. The, the, it ain't going to get done without allies. Yeah. And so that's why all that old black capitalism shit, that's just ridiculous because we need we need yeah. white folks to get online. There's we are 14 percent. Imagine trying to overcome 100 percent with 14 percent in any and in any in any mathematic equation <laughs> of any sort, like and that's it, what this episode is about. <laughs> they're going to this house because they need they exactly allies. yeah that's exactly, exactly what this exactly. whole thing is about. Um, and and then to, to go another step on yeah. that shit though, it's like how you go about it though, right? And so you got how do you say true to yourself? How you do you got not, old girl? What's her name? The Van uh, Van you Monique got Van. Monique. Not yeah. So there's Monique, but Van, mm-hmm. and she's the one that's like. I'm gonna compromise my, right. my shit for this, and then you got Monique, who's like, I'm gonna fucking embody right. this shit and get every fucking and, and, gram. And, and that silence in the car ride is because they are both compromising the fuck out of their internal like ethical system and morality. They're like, they they. I hate- don't know that Earn was compromising himself though. He was just he's doing what she he just she says yeah he's just do. playing the game for her. Yeah. It was like this ain't even real for me. And this this goes right into the next next scene that we'll get to. Um, they they sit down, they kind of argue. Like this is what they're kind of arguing about. Like what the fuck are we doing here? Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, and Van says, "Do you think I'm happy here right now, having to prostitute myself for an opportunity?" Mm. Prostitute her whole spirit. And Ern says, "Maybe, maybe." And, and that maybe, bro, out of that is shit. so powerful because it's not even an insult. It kind of is, but it also it's like. Yeah, to me it's like maybe and like I'm not even mad at you for the maybe. Like this is just one. how it is. Yeah, yeah. this is the option. Whew, that's a powerful as maybe. But no, because it's talking about being happy here, and so it touches on freaking Van's character, which I fucking cannot stand. Van, <laughs> oh my god! Like I've grown up with homies who've had women like this, mm-hmm. and I've always just been like, I will never have a woman like that. I'm gonna be free and enjoy my life. I will, I don't understand why people be with someone who's just so down on you and never pleased with you. And then I ended up in a relationship hey, like that. But we talked about this, man. We have, and she reminds me exactly of my ex. I've had, I got an ex that's, 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 that's similar to that, and I do not love her. I mean. No, I love you. I love you as a friend, yeah. but as far as like being infatuated, wanting to be in any type of relationship, never again. Well, dude, so I never. saw this. I saw this reel today, and I sent it to her actually. <laughs> and this is problematic. It, 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 I forget what he says. The moral of the story was like. If you just flip that switch and start to do what that van type of woman yeah. wants you to do, yeah. now suddenly she becomes this like gift in your life, and it's uh-huh. like a little bit was like oh, that's kind of brainwashy a little bit. That's it's 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 because it's dyn- it's about who it is. So you could have a woman that is like that. That's just like yeah. the reason why you know you don't want to hear what she's telling you is because it's what you need to hear type shit. That is a type of woman. That's not Van. That's not Van. Yeah. She be on bullshit. Van be on <laughs> bullshit sometimes. Like several, several times. It's like it's not about just bettering yourself. Uh, sometimes she be on that. Like the thing I hate with folks is when they process their trauma and pain, frustration, mm-hmm. whatever, whatnot, through you, through through chastising you. And so that's yeah. what happens in a lot of relationships right. that I see. It's like they're playing that role of that ally. I'm trying to level you up right. and I'm trying to make you a better man. But really, all they're really doing is processing Woo! their fucking pain and trauma and frustration. And bro, I'm, I'm back and forth. <laughs> uh, that You can go like, one day you can be like, yeah, you're right. Next day you can be like, 
fuck you. Like, it's such a back and forth psychological. That's the craziest part about a fucking relationship, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. because you probably wouldn't get in a... You probably wouldn't stay in a relationship with your fucking self. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Wait, who said I wouldn't date myself? I heard that somewhere. Like a lyric or something, but yeah. And that's for most people. Because wow. we're fucking human. We fucking... If you fuck yeah. up, you might fart and shit on yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're not fucking perfect. You're a nasty motherfucker. And that's a that's a meta that's that's literal and figurative. You know what I'm saying? So it's like not only will you short, but you might short emotionally and and <laughs> and uh socially. You know what I'm saying? So in a way of like if I'm your partner, you're going to short on me emotionally type shit and it's like for a relationship to really last long distance not long distance uh over time i mean not over space but over time you got to be willing to deal with everything i know that's that hurts to hear in your spirit but that's that's (laughs) that's what it is and that's why marriage rates is 80 percent failure because most people just ain't they ain't sign up for that one, and they ain't built for that too. Yeah, and so yeah. God damn, I'm losing hope right now. It is what it is, man. <laughs> no, we no, we no, losing hope as a I'm society, kidding. man. No, no, I'm yeah. hopeful. I'm I'm, I'm actually yeah, the most buddy. optimistic man. Yeah, buddy. Hey, I'm tell that to some kids is shooting up the schools every other week. Yeah. Motherfuckers is losing hey, hope. Check check out my Facebook post on guns. Derek it ain't about guns. Man. All right, wait. Let's let's. <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off. We're at 207. I'm not even on page four yet. All right. Is Vin Diesel black? I don't know. That's not. All right. Let's go. Notes got random as fuck. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm looking at the time here. I don't want to. So this could go five hours. Black. All right. Let's get to. Let's go. Okay. They're talking to a reverend. Oh yeah. And he's from a mega church, which apparently he's repeated several times. Um, he's going to teach them about money management, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's like the main thing he's teaching them about, because Lord knows those mega church pastors. Uh, they know about that money about management. Money. And also how to treat women. Um, that's also ironic. Uh, he doesn't even introduce his wife, mm-hmm. uh, who's silent the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, Ern tells, Ern's talking to three different women. And they're asking what he's doing, and he says he does nothing. He says, Van is the You provider. said that shit hella weird. <laughs> he's talking to well, three bro, different women. He's talking to three women. Because you get defensive you start, in that shit. When you start saying three different women, it yeah. sounds like he's like, you sound like he was oh, no. talking to like, like on All some fucking ro- romantic type shit. No, but no, he's talking to three women. He's yeah. talking to a group of women. Yeah, yeah, group one. And he says he does nothing, and and this is look. We know this is kind of Van's like, I'm sorry, Earn's plight. That this thing is like, what is he doing? You know, and that, but when that question comes up in public, man, that shit is, that's one of the worst moments, man. You just feel like, I'm not really doing much. Like, how am I supposed to answer that question? You know, what I saying? don't think that was where he was at mentally, though. Well, he's transcending. I think that. he was he's in the game. Other, other yeah, he was in the game. He was yeah. like, right now, I'm about to be Van's dream man. But also like. To me, it's that like doing the counter of what's expected of you. Everybody in society is like expects you to be like, oh, I do this and this. And like, I'm going to give you my quick, like bright resume. And it's like, it feels good to be like, I don't do shit. Because like the reaction. I didn't see it that way. Okay. Well, go ahead. That's how I felt before. Go ahead. But because 
I just I like doing the opposite of kind of what people expect from you, especially in those moments of like, because people are basically saying, saying like, hey, sell sell yourself to yeah. me right now when they say, yeah, oh, what do you shit. do? What do you uh, do? No, I, I'm the same I'm for like, sure. Fuck I, you. I don't hate do that anything. fucking shit. Like, what, how much should I respect you? What level of respect should exactly. I give to you? That shit is tough. So, it's but very in this triggering. sense, I felt he was more on like creating the perfect, not so much like. Oh, I'm going to throw you for a loop, but more so like I'm going to give you the exact I'm going to give you even the better than you even expected version, the best version of a man that you can ever even think of in your life. Because he said that Van is the provider. She, exactly. And, and she, and she, like, she, because it starts with the curveball of like what you're talking about. Yeah, where he's yeah, like, yeah. I don't do anything. So it's like makes in this like this ironic sense of being like almost homeless or something like that and then he flips it and he's like because she does everything but you know damn well that those women aren't looking at that as a positive thing even after he describes van as in a positive light oh yes i thought okay hell yeah i thought he hit it on the head and they were like oh my gosh we want you to be part of our society. Oh, really? Blah blah blah. That's that's how I saw that scene. Is okay. he was like he presented this perfect fucking man, the beyond perfect man, and they were like, "Oh my goodness, but we want you, you to be part of our society." But when you Dad. say you do nothing, society does not look at as, at a man. It's the opposite of perfect. If you're a man, then you say you do nothing. Like society hates that for shit. sure. So but then, what what he was selling was her. Yeah. And so for sure. then he sold her, and he was just like, yeah. And then he he, he kind of came back around to where it was like it's not that he doesn't do anything, but it's base it, it's he might as well because of how much that she does type of situation. That, yeah. That's how I rate it anyway. No. especially look, from their response. And 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 good writing leaves these things kind of open to different, different yes. interpretations. For yes, sure. um, Van. We're not in a situation where Van's kind of left the scene a couple times, like when she's standing with her, and I think she leaves the scene abruptly too. So she's she's playing that role where like. I'm just leaving. Like, I fucking hate that shit. Uh, so what I got there... And she goes to the bathroom and starts crying, says, what am I doing? Blah, blah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what I got there is he played the perfect role of the man that she wants. <laughs> and she's and like, then ah! she was just like, oh my fucking Short God. And just her. like, circuited her ass off. She was like, damn. And, it just, and what it reminded me of is kind of like those... Like when I'd be at like a fucking festival or something mm-hmm. and I'd be on the hallucinogens... I say that like it's current, but it's a past thing. I don't do that no more. But uh, so when I would be there, sure. I would be on hallucinogens, and then like one minute I'd be on this fucking cloud, and I'd just be in this headspace of just gloriousness, and then all of a sudden it kind of snap hmm. into the left, mm-hmm. and then you just see everything, the flaw of everything, mm-hmm. the flaw in and yeah. of everything. I forgot why I fucking brought that that up. Just uh, her. Uh, I feel like that's what, that's what she kinda. did. So she was like, in one moment, she was in that perfect scenario of like, I got this perfect man. And then she kind of had that switch flip of just being like, damn. So what she does, so when she's in the bathroom, she calls Ern mean. Mm-hmm. The implication is like, you you did that shit because on you purpose. knew that's what I really and that's want. That's kind of what I was getting at when he's like, "I don't do shit." Like he's not trying to impress those women. He's trying to like kind of fuck up the wiring in the whole situation and the expectation of who's at this house or like just the man you should be like the successful. That part. So I think those are two different things. Okay. But that second part, I think, really hits on what I was seeing. Yeah, was like he played that role hella perfect. Yeah, 
and then made her feel kind of shitty of like that's a da move that that's is a, not that's a my move <laughs> i am the master of that shit god i relate to this show i'm not sorry i just made it about me in the middle of your point all right we got to move on this one i'm trying to be a little no you're here. good all right so craig's about to do a poetry reading this is when honestly everything up to the poetry reading is pretty kind of on point and like realistic the poetry reading is just like Okay, this is fucking over the top corner. No, now. I didn't see that. I oh, didn't see okay. it that way. I didn't see it that way. Um, I just saw it as like dude was kind of like teetering <laughs> and then he fucking jumped off the fucking cliff. <laughs> I hope I never do a poetry reading like that. That shit made me want to stop doing fucking poetry. <laughs> <God> damn. <laughs> I mean, I guess my point is during that, like it, everything Craig's done up to this point, there's like at least some kernels of like yeah. Oh, that's cool. This yeah. there was just no kernel. No, yeah, he yeah. fucked up. He yeah. fucked up on that one. Um, which they kind of needed to do in the episode, I think. Um, Monique, okay, we get out. This is a conversation with Monique and Van on the balcony where Monique kind of shows her true self. Um, she says, you don't know how crazy I think my husband is? Um, she said, you can't eat if you don't open your mouth. Mm. Mm. She said... Um, I get this big ass house, and he gets the black wife he's always wanted. That shit was salty, bro. That shit went down sour. Well, and he said that's like, what God, the, she said. Damn. That's, she said that's what marriage is, and you know, marriage is a financial contract to a large degree. The I don't reality disagree. Of it. I don't disagree. Um, the that's what marriage is part, with all the profundity there, like that kind of became the most profound thing that even transcended the race part of it, like. Damn, like that. That's what marriage. Like that's why I'm not married to this day. It's not because women don't love me. It's because I don't have this fucking economic foundation. Damn, that shit is so. Bro, I just felt like one of those fucking <laughs> movies when the fucking alien teaches the human, and there's like fucking 700 pictures flashing per fucking second. That's what just happened to me right there. Like fuck, that's <laughs> so much going on right there. There is so much going on right there. We start talking about. Are you sure that's not the uh, class? The race? Thirty-three. No, that's seltzer. definitely having an effect. That's, that's the definitely cherry lemon lime hard seltzer. Eight percent. The henny ain't help as, as the great philosopher Tupac Shakur once said. The henny don't help, but the fact of the matter being, like, bro, you start talking about the intersectionality of race and gender when it comes to marriage and how that affects the decision making as far as like you're trying to make it in America you know what I mean and one of the options of making it in America for women of all different races class creeds and, and statures is marrying up and so yeah that's what she's talking about there is just like right. the willing like the willingness to marry up that that doesn't really fully encapsulate what I'm trying to say it's like it's not just a willingness it's like a willingness to sacrifice to marry up. Mm-hmm. And that's what she's oh doing. She's like, that yeah. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's just deep. Whew. She says, unlike Craig, I love my money. Mm. Fair, fair enough. Mm. Um, but then she says Van married right. That was the most kind of curious. Um, because at that point, she thought that Earn was somebody different. She says, only way to stay fed in this world is to keep the right company. Mm-hmm. So these comments are kind of scaling back like, oh, this is what like a good person would say. Whereas right before that, she's just talking about, you know, marrying into money. She's still talking about marrying into money. 
No, because she says no. Oh, oh, she thinks Van has money at the. Oh, I'm sorry, the urn has money. Urn has money at this point. Oh, that changes everything. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. At this point, she she thinks he has money. No, she doesn't find that out until the situation with the valets. That's when she finds out when the valets are like, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So until then, she has no fucking clue. I kind of like it better if she says it knowing Van or Ern is broke because then it's just like very like Whoa. yeah that's it a makes whole her more dynamic yeah, that makes like her a good somebody person. else yeah no she's not a good person. okay 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 no um, Van says she sold out her whole fucking race for comfort <laughs> of wealth Van says hey man that's one of those things of what would you do if it actually came the came mm. down to a type of shit for a lot of people hell yeah gosh oh yeah Van says. Van says, don't you want someone to confide in? Like, don't you, basically, essentially, like, don't you want someone that really kind of sees you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And what, I think Monique says it. She says, it's redundant to be both black and sorry in the world. Mm. Which has nothing to do with the point. Yeah, I don't, (laughs) thank you. I didn't think it did either. It was just a fucking, I'm down to search for why that would make sense. It was a deflection. Okay. Oh, you know, I'm I'm 100% with you on that, yeah. Uh, the valets give sisters underwear to earn for Paperboy. <laughs> <laughs> they were so obnoxious and over the top with it, dude. Well, it, it reminds me of the the dude at the beginning of the the club. Mm-hmm. Just th- th- these valets same were cooler than that dude. Same they were definitely energy. cooler, but it's this. I just wrote down like super fan. I don't know that they were. He gave him his <laughs> sisters. His, I mean, his, he to was me, walking around. Man was walking around with his sisters' underwear on him. I would hang cool. out with those dudes before the first guy. Yeah, you fucking walking around with your sisters' underwear. <laughs> we not kicking it. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. I said I would no, hang out with them. <laughs> you was kicking it with the dude with his sisters' drawers <laughs> on him. You got his sisters' drawers in his pocket. Y'all hanging out. I can't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, I'm, I'm kind of cynical. I just laugh at that shit. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just wrote down crazy super fans and that just experience of, of the shit that just pops and up. they wouldn't shut the fuck up. But if man, they just would have been super fans and then bounced out, everything yeah, would have yeah, been good. Whole different ending to the episode. I just feel that that's just a big part of famous people's lives. Or like big part. Yeah. Not, oh, yeah. Super for famous. Sure. Like for famous. sure. I'm not even famous. I'm. You just <laughs> you know me and I've had yeah. fucking similar situations for sure. Not <laughs> um, with nobody's sister's draws on them, but. <laughs> I mean, I'll get business cards, but you know, that's about it. Craig, recognize, Craig recognizes Earn as Paperboy's manager. So now he recognizes uh, Earn, like we like we mentioned earlier, that, mm-hmm. that, he, that he actually did he recognize his from face. somewhere, yeah. Um, and now they're like, uh-oh, Monique doesn't like this. But she never asked what he. Monique just assumed that he was like. It's weird that Monique never asked what he did if she thought he was like successful. She's like, no, oh, she he, knew he was a manager, but she didn't know what oh. he managed. At some point, they mentioned that he's a manager, okay, but they didn't say what he managed or who he managed, and then that's why she was like, oh, you manage rap. It, I kind of like that she didn't ask. She just like she didn't ask any questions. Like, okay, he went to Princeton. He's a manager. I'm not saying I like it. I'm just like, it, it, it's interesting that she didn't ask more details right away. That's all. Um, since it's so important to her. It's like everything to her. Yeah, that is interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Um, Earn picks. Oh, so Earn's pictures are recognized from shooting. So we keep getting tied back into this, these shooting allegations. And mm-hmm. Earn was on the news too. 
And they never even really talked about what the fuck happened with that shooting. It's the crazy part. Oh, I thought it could have been from the shooting from episode one or two. No, that's what I'm talking about. But they didn't never get into it. No, remember they, they go to jail, bro. There's a whole episode. But they didn't jail. say if he fucking shot the dude. There was just a gunshot noise. Oh, uh, yeah. They never really said if he shot the dude, if the dude fucking yeah. anything, any details of what happened with the shooting. True. True. Some things are left up Did in here. Did he fucking kill somebody with the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> I mean that changes everything too. It that, changes everything. That, that gives people this justification. A killer. <laughs> he likes Amadeus, bro. He didn't. Kill him. <laughs> uh, Monique sa- says, uh, "Even decent people have at least one trifling thug in the in the family. Even a decent person has at least one trifling thug in the family. That's just a fucked up thing." To say. A further establishment of her. Yeah. Mm. They say black people can't be racist. She fucking might be the first. Ern <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally breaks just out loud, says, this is dumb. Um, you're so weird. Um, I was not feeling this shit. I was oh, fucking not feeling this shit. I didn't write it down. We got to go to this because... Oh, no. He says... So I was that, that thing that he says to Craig, he says... Stop stunting and being likable. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what he does. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. It's like the allies, <laughs> they're hella likable, <laughs> but then they're hella oblivious at the same time. Like, yeah. they're like, you're like, damn, I fuck with you because you down for the cause. You you super down. You ready to knock out a fucking Nazi or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But you just missing the details though you're missing you're not dotting the i's and and crossing the t's and it's like they infantilize you that's a fucking critical component of what fucking allies can do sometimes Mm. that they need to fucking check themselves, bruh they start treating motherfuckers that they're trying to help like children you know what i mean that's a grown-ass man dog (laughs) you know what i'm saying and you treat him like he ain't got no agency and no ability because he's oppressed there's a difference between being oppressed and being fucking unable and like ignorant or something like that and so it becomes that's the real reverse racism (laughs) you know they say they try to say black people being prejudiced is reverse racism but the real reverse racism is fucking liberals when they fucking be trying to help black folks and then they fucking remove their agency and it's like treat them like they incapable and unaware and unknowing of of so many different factors and facets of their own lives and shit and it's like no what you need to do like nah nigga i know what i need to do i just need your help doing it you know what i mean i don't need you to tell me what i need to fucking do i need you to help me do it and so that's where it gets really frustrating with with allyship sometimes is they're like they really want to help but they have a issue with falling in line you know what i mean they want to be the chief you know what i mean they want to be the one that's and they call right. that uh the white savior the white knight or whatnot right and it's like they want to be the one that's like no i have all the answers and i'm gonna save you and it's like nah yeah. i don't need a savior i just need assistance so i got all yeah no i mean sorry to cut you off no you uh, so let's let's finish this episode with kind of tying this back into what we're doing because it's probably or possibly the most kind of relevant episode Oh yeah, to this dynamic. Yeah, and like, I'm. It's like, am I just trying to be like super Craig, like the the coolest, most palatable version of Craig? Is like, if so, why? Like, and it's like, you know, obviously, like getting into these like natural things that we want to do, like all this shit is like 
essentially like this is what I want to do most in life create you know shows like this talk with you about shit like this and then like put it out to the public and shit and like what the fuck is my motive like I feel like it always comes down to like a love for the art right like it starts like oh man I love I loved Dr. Dre when I was 12 Uh, you know I love Tupac like or I love fucking Barry Bonds when I was seven it's like is it just it starts with that and then you kind of get into an education and you like develop these things of like it's but but avoiding like that savior aspect of it like if you're hyper aware of that like early on you can like avoid that or at least be conscious of like that's not you know that's not any motive here like to save anybody but i guess i don't know man this episode just got me fucked up <laughs> <laughs> Just questioning myself and just That's motives. what it's all about, man. That's yeah. good shit. That's good <laughs> shit. And that's the key component, dude. It's just, that's all you can really do yeah. is just continue to question yourself. And once you stop right. doing that, that's when you get in trouble. And that's what you notice about Craig is you don't really see him question yeah, he's himself. He's preaching. He I mean, I think in the end, he does finally, like right when it all blows up and they're about huh. to leave and shit, then he's like, you know, damn. You know what you're right and that's when he's like stop being so fucking likable and stunning because he did actually kind of reflect and be like damn you know because he is an ally and it comes down mm-hmm. to this reality of like we all are fucking humans you know what i mean like i was saying previously about the sharding on yourself type shit it's like we all gonna fucking make mistakes and some of them are gonna be fucking no we're all gonna make mistakes and we're all gonna make fucking burly mistakes at some point or another you know what i mean it's like how mm-hmm. we deal with that and and a popular quote is like it's not about how you fall it's about how you get up Mm -hmm. and i think a a more poignant uh perspective to that whole thing is it's like it's not about uh how you feel about somebody falling it's about how you uh treat them when they're trying to get up type shit you know what i mean i think that's a a huge detriment to the situation it's like you know a lot of white folks they're trying maybe they're not trying to figure it out they just living you know what i mean and they're doing what they're doing and it's like there's so much trauma that it's been difficult for folks to really just kind of address the whole situation, you know, as far as white folks, black folks, whoever, mm-hmm. addressing it in, in a productive manner consistently. You know what I mean? When it comes to a certain point, everybody has their certain point where they're just like, no, nah, fuck, fuck all logic, all that shit out the window. I'm fucking hurt and, I, and I'm fucking pissed type shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that's a large percentage of the dialogue is this piss traumatic type energy when really we really got to kind of all take a step back mm-hmm. and just fucking love on each other one time you know what i mean and, and help each other build and hopefully we are on this podcast taking a step back loving each other being productive and being consistent and i guess keep questioning always questioning and then when you do that who knows where that leads but i, I suppose that's gonna lead you on the healthiest path Feels like feels like we are so far. Okay. So hopefully so. <laughs> All right. Episode eight and nine in the books. We got one more of the finale of season one. Then we're gonna I think wrap up Atlanta. Uh yeah. our plan is to do one show after this to wrap up season two. Corey. Oh, he's already out. No, I'm going All right, bro. Hey.